All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. Excuse me, guys. I had a little trouble with my other laptop, so we got to come like this for you guys today. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I initially made this recording already, but I had a little trouble with my other laptop. So I have to do this podcast again. So I'm coming at you today, Sunday, August 24th, 2022. I initially did this podcast already, but once again, my laptop went down and I can't get the recording off that laptop. So I'm here to do it again for you guys this way. So hopefully this suffice for you guys and you can see me well. I see myself look, I look pretty good. Uh, in this uh, circle, so hopefully it looks good on you guys' side. Now, what are we talking about? Lust, lies, and murder. We're here to talk about another one. And yes, guys, we're talking about today, we're talking about the murders of Shanann Watts, her daughter Cece, daughter Bella, and unborn son Nico. Um, So let's go ahead and start from the beginning. Um, sometime in 2010, Shanann meets Chris on Facebook. He sends her a friend's request, and she decides to, uh, you know, accept his friend's request, and they start dating. Um, of course, they date for a little bit, and let's fast forward to 2012. They're both from North Carolina. Shanann and Chris decide to move to Fredericks, Colorado, and build their home and start a new family. They add to their new family, Bella, who was born in December of 2013. Then they add uh, Cece, excuse me, I'm trying to make sure I'll get the girl's names right. Then they add Cece, who was born in July of 2015. As things are going well for the family, they come into 2018. 2018 is a mark for, they got married in 2012. So 2018 is coming into what is called seven-year itch. At this point, guys, what a lot of people tend to do, a lot of people tend to become bored or frustrated, angry, or tired in their relationships. These relationships can start to have problems. They can start to struggle or they can can want or, or have a need for other people or other things to start new or to start fresh because they have this seven-year itch and things are not as, uh, how you want to say, wholesome as they used to be when they first met each other. So in 2018, things are not really feeling and going the way that Shannon was used to things going. And Chris is starting to show behavior that uh, I'm expressing to you right now, the fatigue, boredom, and different things of that nature. Now, unbeknownst to Shannon, he's having these feelings and he's not coming to her to express these things or also trying to reach out for counsel to help them with their marriage. He just decides that he's going to go downhill. And this is the events that I'm talking to you guys about right now. On In June of 2018, excuse me, about June 12th, don't quote me on that, Chris uh, is talking with a co-worker. His co-worker works with him, by, a co-worker by the name of Nicole Kessinger. 
Kessinger and Chris flirt back and forth for about a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden he decides he's going to give Kessinger his phone number. Um, they start texting back and forth. And on Father's Day, they actually have their first date. They actually go on a date together on Father's Day. This is about the time that Shannon notices something is not right in their relationship. And things are just not going according to, once again, the mar- what the marriage is supposed to be going like. Chris is now showing uh, behavior of someone who is definitely seeing someone else. About June 29th, around somewhere around there, June 27th, June 29th, Shannon and the girls go on their five-week vacation. Chris decides that he's going to stay home and work and uh, work out and different things of that nature. But however, Chris kicks his affair into, into high gear and he and Nicole Kessinger go on dates and different things of that nature. They go to an auto show. Uh, Chris has never been to an auto show, he explains. And he uh, also went on to say that these are the things that he and Kessinger started to do was things that he and Shannon had not done or things he had not done in his life before. So these things that he was doing now made him feel as though he was experiencing something all over again. He was having these chemical, uh, these chemical uh, reactions going on, if you want to say, of things that happen when you first meet someone for the first time, when you first get a new love or something thing of that nature. We all know it as the honeymoon phase um, when you're feeling good and everything feels great and everything is going according to plan and you can't mess up nowhere and all these other different emotions are going on. So Chris is throughout the whole month of July is basically um, spending time with uh, Kessinger and doing many other different things with Kessinger and creating a whole new uh, level of excitement for him with Kessinger and paying his wife and his children no attention. We're going to get a little bit into that a little, a little, uh, in a little while. I just want you guys to hold on as we continue. So about July, about the towards the end of July, towards the end of the vacation, Chris decides that he's going to go and join his family. And as he goes to them and he joins them, he's showing behavior that's not behavior of someone who's actually married to his wife, but he's more treating his wife and his children like they're family members, like his, his children are two of his cousins. And like his wife is a cousin he ain't seen in a long time. And this upsets Shannon and she sends out messages, text messages I'm going to show you guys to friends about Chris's behavior and how he's acting and how his behavior is making her feel as though her husband no longer loves her or no longer wants anything to do with her. So we kick in, we kick things over into the month of August. Now, apart from everything else that had been going on, um, around Cece's birthday, she was spending time with her grandparents, who's Chris's parents, and she's, uh, Cece was allergic to peanuts. Uh, Chris called this Nutgate. For you guys who don't know where Nutgate comes from, it comes from Watergate, when President Richard Nixon got involved in. You know, if you want to look that up, you guys can do that on uh, 
but we're not going straight too far away from the conversation we're having today. His parents somehow Cece gets a hold of some nuts, and his mom tries to brush it off as though it's no problem. Shanann does not like this, and he and her mom uh, has a back and forth, and then she don't want her his mom around the children. This causes animosity too. This is another reason why Chris is behaving the way that he's behaving as well, because Shanann doesn't want him to see his parents or his parents to come around because of what happened. Any parent who uh, knows that their children is struggling with a certain ailment and the grandparents are, um, if you want to say, neglectful enough to let the child come in harm, you're definitely going to make the moves to uh, basically hit the grandparents on on the wrist and not let them see the child because they put the child in harm's way. As crazy as they sound to you guys talking about hitting the grandparents on the wrist. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do for the protection of your children. And I get that. So all of this together, we come into about, I believe it's about August 9th. August 9th, um, Shannon goes on a business trip to Arizona. Also around August 9th, Chris kicks his plan into high gear, guys, to start on basically killing his family. Now, he confesses this in his three-hour long confession. You guys can look that up on YouTube. Um, It's a three-hour long confession. It's a part one and it's a part two. So you guys can look that up. He also says in that um, confession that Nicole is bipolar. And I'm going to explain this to you guys in a little bit why I mentioned that she's bipolar. Because a lot of people believe she has a lot to do with it because of her behavior and how the way she acts. Okay, so we are August 9th. Chris uh, is now left home alone on around somewhere in between August 9th and August 12th. Excuse me, guys. He gets a babysitter and he has the babysitter watch his girls while he allegedly goes to a Colorado Rockies game. But in all actuality, he's taking Kessinger on a date. And he's explained also, you know, he goes through text messages explaining to her his love, his admiration, and how his feelings are getting deeper for her. But she explains to him that he needs to focus on his family and focus on his wife and get things together over there because she's not really that interested in him. You know, basically, they're just having fun to her. Um, And she's not really into him. She says she'd rather have her space. And there's days that she goes where she wants to be alone. It doesn't want to be bothered. Guys, that knocks on that knocks on the door of uh, most people who have bipolar. They have these up and down moments. And sometimes in a depressive state, they'd rather be alone and not be around people. Now, so basically, Chris is going from a woman who he sees as abrasive and as uh, focused and reminds him of his mom into potentially trying to create a relationship with a woman who may not have any empathy or sympathy at all for him or others. To her, it's just fun. And now that goes into all the sexual activity. A lot of people who have uh, who have bipolar disorder on different spectrums, they have high sexual act, um, they have a high sexual need. They have a high need for sex. Let's, let's just put it like that. I don't want to try to use the medical terminology, but it didn't come to me real uh, quick enough. But they have a high need for sex. That that would explain why he uh, will feel as though he's in a relationship with somebody who's just a little bit more, uh, excuse me, 
I didn't want to say that. Just a little bit more uh, exciting, or if you want to say sexually active than his wife. You know, then this would be the reason why he think he has found that one. Never mind the fact this is a new woman that he's interchanging with, and that goes into all of the psychological things that happens later. So, August twelfth <clears throat> comes, and I believe that's when they went on the date. August twelfth comes and goes, and then we get to August the morning of August thirteenth. Now, on the morning of August thirteenth, the night of August thirteenth, actually. August 12th, excuse me, guys, on the night of August 12th, the morning of August 13th, on the morning of August 13th, Shannon returns home from her business trip. Now, Chris had already put his daughters to sleep and mentioned to himself that he knew that would be the last time he would tuck his daughters in. So he has already premeditated his plan to kill them before his wife even got home. So they get home and they have sex. He explained that he used the sex to weaken Shannon in some type of way. Now, might remind you, she's 15 months pregnant as well at this time. So they go to sleep and then he wakes up. When he wakes up, Shannon presses him about how he's been acting. And he explains to her that he has an affair and there's someone else and that he thinks that they should move on and no longer be together. So Shannon, now at this time, he's on top of her. There's many different stories out there that he tried to drug her. He did say in a book, and there's a woman that was writing Chris back and forth, and he explained to this lady that he had tried to drug Shannon to make her have an abortion, but that didn't work. On this morning, he drugged her again. So she was laying in the bed as they're talking. He says in his uh, confession that he straddled her, got on top of her, and they're having this conversation. Once she says to him that he will no longer see his children, he starts choking her now. Also in a book, he, after after having sex, went into the rooms of the girls and tried to choke them and smother them and kill them, which I believe, I mean, I'm judging from the book. I haven't read the book. You guys could check it out. I believe it's Confessions of a Killer. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it, it's basically if you look up um, Arthur and Chris Watts or anything attached in that, in, that, in that way, you would run into the book, I'm pretty sure. But in that book, he says that he tried to smother the girls or he smothered the girls. Apparently, this didn't work because once he killed Shannon, see, uh, Bella comes into the room and asks him what's wrong with mommy. This surprises him, and he just tells her that, oh, mommy's not feeling good. So he wraps her up in a sheet and puts a garbage bag over her head and over her legs so the girls cannot stare at her while he's driving them to their last location. Now, he puts his daughters in the back seat. This is what you see on the neighbor's camera. I'm showing you guys the picture right now. This is him putting them into the back seat of the truck. Um, Of course, (laughs) You also see uh, a picture that I'm showing you now of Chris with his hands on his head after he's gotten caught on the neighbor's camera. Now, I mean, I was when I first saw that guy, I'm like, this this guy had to do that. You know, he looks scared, hands on his head, like, oh man, like, oh, oh yeah, oh god, oh, oh, oh man, like that, like that. 
like as though if the cop is going to say, put your hands up, I see what's going on here, you know, we, we got you, the court, <laughs> and many other different things that could have went on that day. Excuse me for the giggles. But I just found it funny that he tried to act as though he didn't do anything because, guys, he said he didn't know where Shannon and the girls were at. They probably went on a play date with someone, many different other things Chris did. He also did an interview. He did an interview, guys, where he went on TV. And let me just play a little bit of that for you right now. Now, as you see in the interview, he tried to make it seem as though he did not know where they were at. And then you can see the behavior that he's showing. He's not expressing behavior of a person who misses their family. Like my wife in my case is missing. I'm, I'm distraught. Like, oh my God, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where they're at. You know, like, I don't even want to do this interview right now. I don't even want to be on TV. You know, let me get a spokesperson and talk to you guys or something because I'm just trying to find my family. I don't got time to do interviews. But if I got to do an interview with somebody's out there, if somebody knows where they're at, Please, you know, contact me, get in touch with me. I mean, there's no smirking, there's no smiling. I'm not going to be laughing. And never mind the fact, I'm not going to be saying that my daughter was supposed to be starting kindergarten if I believe that they're just not around or they're, they're missing. You're talking in the sense of she's gone already. So I would say my daughter's supposed to start kindergarten. Not was supposed to. You're talking in past tense like the girl's no longer here. So. He, at this point, guys, I didn't want to get too far off track. He drives him up to his job at the oil place. He buries Shannon in a shallow grave. Now, what's a shallow grave? A shallow grave is not an actual grave. What's an actual grave is six feet deep. So he didn't put her in an actual grave, bury it, put dirt over it, anything like that. He just put her in, dug a hole and threw her in it and put some dirt over. Never mind the fact once he did that, guys, if you want to view the autopsy report, you can, which is online for yourself. Shannon gave birth after she was killed. Now, what you have to understand what happens is once you are murdered, the body releases all fluids and everything else that's inside the body. Everything just comes out. So the baby must have just came out and she gave birth. And, and basically, Chris buried her while she gave birth during this time um after that his daughters are still alive by the way they ask him again what, what's you know what's going on with mommy and bella takes the time to ask her dad are we next are you gonna do to us what you did to mommy he comes back in the truck and he smothers cc first and he's, he smothers cc bella asks him am i next basically and then he tries to smother her. She says, no, daddy, and starts fighting for her life. Um, in the court uh, hearing, the um, prosecutor explains how she bit her tongue three times trying to fight her father and get her father off of her from trying to kill her, which, of course, she's unsuccessful. Four years old, of course, she's going to be unsuccessful against a man. So excuse me for that. Um, so Chris takes him up to the oil tanks as you see pictures here in the picture. And if you can look at that picture, if someone you can zoom in or see, there's like a little 
silver, like a little silver dollar, it looks like to you in the picture. That hole is eight inches. That's what he put them inside of, each one of them. So Celeste was said to, excuse me, Bella was said to be nine inches from shoulder to shoulder. So he had to jam his daughter inside of here in order to get her to fit. Now they had, there were scrapes on their butts that is from the prosecutor said as well. But when you could tell, he jammed them inside of here. Now, God bless the, the, the person who had to get them out of there, which I heard person retired because they was not able to handle what they had just seen. So he had just disposed of his two daughters and the sick, the sick man, I'm not going to call him a bastard. The sick man goes on to say that he could tell that the tanks were half full or one was fuller than the other by the way the girls' bodies hit when they went inside the tank. What, what are you talking about? So I think he disposes of his family. He looks up a song, I believe it's by Metallica, um, called Battery. So it's talking about how you kill the family or don't kill the family or something of that nature. You guys can look that song up if you um, want to do your research. I implore you to do your research as I always do. And then he calls his relative. And I'm going to show you guys some of the text messages that he sends the realtor, which it should be on the screen right now. He texts the realtor about selling his home. Even the realtor even asks him about Shannon. And, you know, he explains that, you know, she's not around right now that you guys see in these text messages. So that's just strange. You know, like you didn't kill your wife, but trying to sell your house. He also calls the girls' schools and unrolls them from school to let them know that the girls won't be coming back. Also, he texts Nicole Kessinger. Now, Kessinger on the 12th, of the, uh, on, the, on the morning that Shannon was killed, uh, the day he texted her, she found things to be a little strange because she didn't know where his wife was at, yet he's texting her. And basically was telling, again, telling him to focus on his family. By the time the next day came, Kessinger got a little bit you know, suspicious of things and went to the police to talk to them. Now, she has a full interview online. You guys can check that out. So many people believe that she was involved because of how dismissive she seems and how she looks for a wedding dress um, while her and uh, Chris were, you know, interchanging into things and how her behavior was. So if you're not in love with the man, why are you looking for a wedding dress? Well, guys, remember, bipolar, remember, I mentioned the spectrum. You could have highs and lows. So she could be feeling the high and looking for wedding dresses and then feeling lows and seeming as though she don't care about him or anything else. You understand? That's that lack of empathy and sympathy there that many people with bipolar lack. They lack that. So that's not nothing to do with her being involved. That just has to do with her mental state. And that's, that's all that's about. That's why she's seen the way that she seems because of bipolar. And that's what it is, guys. So um, do I believe she was involved? No, I don't believe she was involved. It's 100%. This is 100% on Chris. The only thing that she did to push, to push him to do what he did was when he, she told him, focus more on your family. So he probably felt as though he needed to get them out of the way because they're interrupting his newfound love or his newfound life. 
So what happens there? He's gotten rid of his family. He's murdered them. He thinks that he's about to start this new life up. He starts lying to the police about where they're at. And as you see, like I, sh I shared the legendary uh, photo of him being uh, loading up the truck and being caught by the police. Um, there's many different videos you guys can watch to see what happens at, you know, leading up to after he uh, does uh, what he does with his wife and his children. But here, what I'm about to break down now is the reason he killed his wife and kids because of the affair. Now, what you guys have to understand is that anytime someone starts cheating with someone else and they're cheating with them frequently, as frequently as he was, they start to build up a relationship psychologically with this person. And they, there's a fantasy that's going on. Um, if he's a covert narcissist, these fantasies become even more, um, how you want to say, even worse for him. These fantasies grow and they grow in depth for him. So what he starts to do is psychologically take out the fact that he has a wife and he has children and he starts to build and grow towards another person. Each moment, each time that they spend together, each uh, sexual moment that they share, and everything of that nature makes this connection grow even stronger. So that's the reason why once she would say to him, she no longer wants to be with him and she thinks that he should focus on his wife. At this point, his wife is nothing to him. So he feels as though she's getting in his way. So he decides that if I want to be closer to Nicole and build something with Nicole, I have to start off fresh. It's the only way for me to do what I have to do in order to be closer to her and to build and grow with her is to get rid of this baggage that I had. Crazy, right? But this is what's actually happening in the mind of the cheater, of the manipulator, of the liar. It's the lust lies, guys, that brings on the murder. And because this man is cheating on a level that a lot of people cheat on, but some people go to the extreme of murdering their significant others. There's another story um, that I'm going to do after this one of Scott Peterson, who murdered his wife to be with his uh, um, mistress. Now, also Kessinger looked up a book by Scott Peterson's mistress. You guys can look it up as well if you want to see how successful she became after all of this was done. So yes, She's so dismissive and disconnected that she's trying to make money off of this situation. Just crazy, dogs. It's crazy and it's unfortunate that due to this cheating bastard, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it came out. He had to go and murder his wife, his children, and his unborn son because he felt as though they were in his way. He had to make a way. He had to make a way for him to be able to cheat and continue this affair and turn it from an affair to an actual relationship. That's what usually happens, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my closing arguments. As I always do, I got the um, National Abuse Hotline next to me. And I got the suicide hotline under me. 
if you are in a relationship and you get into a point where you no longer want to be with someone, you can either go seek counsel or you can leave the relationship. Don't get to a point where you have reached a point of boredom and fatigue and you decide to cheat, belittle, manipulate, and hurt the person you're in a relationship with because you don't want to let them go and move on with your life without hurting or harming them. I'm talking to the Christians of the world right now. If you want to be with multiple people, and if you want to find a new life and start off anew, start off without harming anybody or killing anyone. Because if you kill someone, you're not starting off new. You just destroyed your life. Wherever you're at, or depending on whatever state you're in, you probably just killed yourself as well. Because they're going to give you the death penalty. If you kill your wife, you kill your children, and your unborn child, that's death penalty. Chris is lucky he didn't get the death penalty. If you are an abuser, and you know that you get to a point where you want to lay hands on people, you need to seek help. And you may need to join a program that can help you. Anger management is one of those programs. And you may not want to enter into another relationship until you know you're able to control yourself and not cause harm to other people. If you're being cheated on and you don't want to work things out, Leave the relationship and explain to the person you're in a relationship with that you no longer feel loved, you no longer feel connected, and you feel this strong psychological divide. If the person is abusive or you think they will harm you, try to break up with them at a police station. Try to break up with them in a safe place. If you're home by yourself, try to call over a family member or tell someone to come over for with you for a couple of days or a week until things have settled. If you're home by yourself and you don't speak with your family or talk to them, reach out to the police and ask them, could they increase the patrols in your neighborhood so that you're safe and that you're able to feel comfortable about breaking up with someone so they don't retaliate against you? Guys, if you're in a relationship and you're cheating and you meet a person who don't mind that you have someone and they're cheating with you, you two belong together. You two pieces of asbestos belong together. Now, I fell French, but I remembered that. You guys can look up what asbestos means. Y'all belong together. Y'all are a match made in heaven. Because you two don't mind hurting people for your own gain. You will never be happy. You'll never find happiness. There'll never be comfort. There'll never be sustainability in your relationship because you are a liar. You are a manipulator. You are a cheater. You hurt people. That's what you do. You're not loyal. So don't tell anybody you're loyal or, you know, give loyal, um, uh, uh, how you want to say, loyal promises or anything like that. Don't make promises because that's not you. It's not who you are. Until you seek some type of counsel or you seek some type of therapy, to help you out and reach a better plateau, now you can start giving 
those uh, wishes and those um, words of affirmation that you are loyal, that you will stick by someone and that you will be there for someone. Unfortunately, and sadly, Shannon was not given this chance. Her husband, cowardly. Excuse me, guys. I had to finish the podcast this way. I had a lot of different te- technical difficulties today. So I brought the podcast to you guys the best way that I could to talk about this story, which was so such, such, such a, a crazy and bizarre story. But like I was mentioning, you guys out there, you make sure that if you are at a point you want to leave your relationship, you leave the relationship and you don't harm anyone. No one is, is, is dying. No one is dead. You know, after you've parted ways with the person. Guys, come on. If you want to cheat, if you're going to cheat, you should never enter a relationship in the first place. This is such a devastating story. A story that could have been prevented. A story that, you know, could have easily turned out with Shannon, her two daughters and her son still being alive and Chris possibly being happy with Nicole Kessinger. That's, that's how this story could have ended out or ended up being. But it ended up being another way because a narcissistic asshole decided that he was going to go ahead and end the lives of his wife and his children because he wanted to start up a new life. That is not the way it go, guys. Stop cheating. If you're going to cheat, get out of the relationship. If you know you're a cheater and you know that you get tired of people, don't enter into a relationship. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do it to the other person, guys. I hope that makes sense. I apologize for the way this podcast was brought to you guys today. I always appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to the podcast, share this podcast. Again, let's try to reach at least 100 monthly listeners on uh, on by this uh, end of this month or by the end of this, you know, next two months. Let's try to get to 1,000 by the end of this year. So I appreciate you guys again. So with my understanding compared with your understanding, we can create a greater understanding. You've been listening to Relationship Stuff 101 Podcast here on this Sunday, April 24th, 2022. I've been your host, Shaheer Henderson. Rest in peace to Shannon Watts, CC, Bella, and Nico Lee. And I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out.